Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is a Four Center Podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of the big show, the main show, the superstar destroyer of the fleet, except ours is still going. No one's jumped to light speed into our ship. Oh, we're here. <laughs> the 98th episode of this show. Joseph Scrimshaw, Jennifer Landa, welcome to the bridge. I am happy to be in a complete mega star destroyer, not being destroyed by Holdo. <laughs> yet. I mean, if you had to be destroyed... 
Might as well be Olga. <laughs> yeah. Laura Dern. I'm, Gotta love her. With that. Yeah. Happy New Year. Happy New yeah. Year. Yeah. This is the first time we've been together as a crew post-holidays. Uh, do you guys, you guys have a good Star Wars New Year's, Joseph? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I had a thrilling Star Wars New Year's. Thrilling. Yeah, really? it was. Thrilling, it he was. Said. Yeah, I did a, uh, a New Year's show like I, I always do. I've had right. this tradition for a long time, and it was a great one. Uh, I did a uh, comedy piece about Poe Dameron that I've since put up on my blog. Right. Oh, yeah, that was right? great. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. And I wasn't sure, because it's a general comedy show. It's, you know, pretty nerdy uh, with the audience that was there. Right. They were super into Poe Dameron jokes. They loved them. <laughs> there was one joke where I, I love it when this happens. I got halfway through the joke, and the audience knew absolutely where I was going yeah. and started laughing. And it was oh, really that thing of like... Knew. They yeah, just, I mean, well, I've already written this, so I'm going to finish saying it, but <laughs> thank you for getting the joke so early. Yeah, That's it's great. Great adventures. Awesome. Uh, and just real quick, because I, I, yeah. I, I keep people up to date on the action figure adventures. Yeah, yeah. So Sarah's, my wife has gotten so into this, we turned the corner. We're now looking for, uh, in Target, we're looking for the uh, Jedi Luke who's got the like hood, uh-huh. the rain slicker Luke. And the Leia action figure in three and three quarter. Mm, oh, okay, yeah, I, yeah. I need to get that. I see the Luke, and I'm so excited. And suddenly, Sarah, Sarah normally like steps like a half a foot back because she knows right. I'm a maniac. <laughs> and but she was like right there with me, and she's taller, and her arms are reaching. So it's just yeah. suddenly her arm. She says, "Ooh!" <laughs> and her arm shoots above my head, and she produces Leia from like way back oh. on the peg. Yeah. And it was just, it was a really nice moment of, like, she's just as into this as I am. Yeah. You know, and it was, like, haunting for you're, Leia and found her. Yeah, you're just, I'm sure yours is more frantic frantic and panicked. Where she's a dancer, she's graceful. It was. She's just like, <laughs> Much she like Leia arabesque. flying through space. She's like, <laughs> I found her. Yep, her hand just floated and made it so. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah. that's so great. I love that word, the boy, because if this was 1983, Rain Slicker Luke would be the character's <laughs> name. <laughs> but now it's not yeah. Description. It's, yeah, I think it's a Jedi exile. Yeah. Oh, so ooh. sexy. Yeah. Wow. And Jennifer, you, we, we had kind of tipped our hat a little bit. You were working on something cool in the Star Wars world, and it finally is shared with the world, finally. which is your work with uh, Star Wars Lego. Yes, mm. Star Wars wow. Lego. I currently have a video up with them uh, about the DIY Battle of Crate. That you yeah. can make out of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so thrilling to actually, yeah. I had not obviously seen any crate except for what we saw in the trailers. And then finally seeing it in the film, I was like, oh my gosh, my my diorama was, was pretty darn close. I was so pleased <laughs> with Wait, the snow texture. So you made so, it before yeah. the film? Yes, you I mean, guys. I know you've been working <laughs> so on it for hard. a while. I know yes. that because you would show up to recording sessions like, oh, I got I to gotta go home and figure out how to build an ATM6. Um, <laughs> yes. Wow, you did that. Without seeing the movie. Uh, since like October, I think, was when we started. Wow. Yeah, there, there's another one coming, you guys. Yeah. I don't know if I can say what it is, but oh, get ready. That was another one where, again, I was like, I only know what I've seen a little bit in the trailer. And Can I ask Force you this Awakens. question? And, and for those who have out there in the Fort Center audience watched this video, and for those that haven't, check it out. We retweeted it. Uh, it's on Jennifer's uh, YouTube page. Or no, it's on the Lego YouTube page. The Lego, page. Yeah, yeah, YouTube page. So it, it's not also on yours, right? No. Right, so find it on there. Um, can I ask you this? How do you... No, that like glue and paint will make this cracked surface of crate. Where do you learn that? 
I had seen it on YouTube with people doing it on furniture. Like it's like it's uh, kind of like shabby chic look that's oh, kind yeah. of popular. Yeah. To try to make your couch look like you're in a dorm room. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Dorm room crate. Yeah. So but that's what took me so oh, long was trying to figure out how to to recreate that cracked surface. Right. And it kind of it's not totally screen accurate. Well, it's very real. But I was quite pleased with how it came no, out. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Quite a process to get there's that. a there's a guy. Gosh, I forget his name. I used I used to watch him a lot on YouTube. Like he's like Dime Store Jedi or something like that. And he's this guy that he just makes his own dioramas, and they're fantastic. But he's just doing much like you, where you just have like time lapse or your hands are seen in there making it. And he's just like, oh yeah, you know, you just and he had this weird distinctive <laughs> voice. He's like, yeah, hey, I take the uh, a pipe cleaner and I turn it next. Yeah, there's the bridge, the Death Star. Like, how, how did you forget? And then here you are. You're like, oh, you just bunch up paper, tape it, and then yeah. paint over it and. Make some of the shading different so you have a mountain. It's like, that looks exactly like a mountain. Yeah, because right? it's not just about the materials. It's about the execution. It's You're an artist. Yeah. It's about your skill with a bottle of glue. Mm. Yeah. Because I would just go like, well, it's not coming out fast enough, and like cut it yeah. open, and just it would just be like, <laughs> it would just look like, you know, salt had vomited on crate. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's why it took me so long. It took me a, f- a few weeks to get it right. So well, test runs. You so. got it right. Thank that's you, guys. Great Nailed it. Thank you. You have a skill. You have a skill. I didn't do much for New Year's. Uh, his girlfriend was recovering from the flu, and I just kind of was sitting, relaxing. Uh, but I did see The Last Jedi for the sixth time. Nice, wow. nice. And smiled all the way through. <laughs> I know I've come to this point with this movie. I loved it. I connected with it. Some people didn't, and that's the dividing line. Either you connect with it or you don't. Like, I think Wonder Woman is a spectacular movie. I connected more with Logan because I'm an old, broken guy with a gray beard, right? That's just how things work. That's you how our interest in babysitting. You're right. a babysitter at heart. And that movie is, Logan's a movie about yeah. babysitting. Uh, where for a lot of people, particularly uh, young uh, females out there, might have connected with Wonder Woman more. That's just what it is. I connected with Last Jedi, and I know some people didn't, and that's kind of where my mind has landed. Mm. Now, if you tweet me the plot holes of DJ and everything, then we might have a debate. <laughs> <laughs> but I watched it with, uh, with, with much joy. A is, smile on your face. Yeah. That's nice. Which is what uh, I, I think fan, the fandom needs right now. Yes. yes. Joy, joy, joy. And you know what my favorite line of The Last Jedi is? I've Ooh, realized. One. Because uh, during the holidays, uh, my girlfriend left, went back to her parents' house for, the, for a long time. And I, I had a, a long time alone again. And, it's been, <laughs> and I'm, I, most of my life, solitude is my thing. But I had, uh, my parents got me some new grilling stuff. I was grilling up steaks and mashed potatoes. And I was playing Battlefront 2. And like wow. for three days, it was great. But the fourth day, you start talking to yourself, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, oh, this is why I need my girlfriend back. Yeah. I discovered my favorite line in The Last Jedi. Any guesses? Any quick oh, guess? Oh, to make you feel less alone? No, that just it just came out. I just said it, and I was like, oh, I think I like that line more than I know, because I wasn't planning. I was just talking to myself, and that line came you out. You just said it. I just was uh, said man, it. I'm so cool. curious. What is it? It, it is from Tally Lintra, <laughs> and it is, bombers, keep that type formation. Fighters, protect the bombers. And I just kept saying it over and over. <laughs> I don't know why. See, I was looking for something like <laughs> profound deep, philosophical yeah, meaning. Hubris. Other yep, than, nope. you know, Hermione Corfield is, is an adorable actress. And I think, you know, she, she's pretty. I think people are drawn to this character of Tally. She's only. Yeah. But I love the way she just, she shakes. She too. has this look. She's like, bombers, keep that type formation. Fighters, 
protect the bombers. I'm like, that's physically that's, very different, uh, yeah. but uh, she has the same spirit as Radis. What yes. uh, what draws us to Radis uh, of that? Like, no, we're moving forward. We're gonna Fighting. probe that shield, and she's gonna keep yeah. those bombers in tight formation. Yeah, and yeah. then so to the the <laughs> Battlefront two, one of the updates you can now play is Tally Lintra nice. uh, on her A wing, and I, I'm excited. Cool. It's one of my favorite things. Uh, club Tally, I think. I think me and Steel Saunders are in the club. He's a big fan. <laughs> Anyways, I'll join. I'll that join. was our Star Wars New Year's for all of us. We are glad to be back as a team. A lot of news. Sometimes this is our chance to catch up to the news. Other times it's our first time even hearing the news. Like Jennifer, this first story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is actually a very heartwarming story. I I just wanted to share it. Uh, So Star Wars has obviously inspired the world of science and technology, but now thanks to the Walt Disney Company, they are actively contributing to it. Open Bionics is a company that produces low-cost prosthetic limbs, and they have just announced that they are collaborating with Industrial Light and Magic to commercialize Star Wars-inspired robotic hands. Mm. This means that kids can get a Star Wars lightsaber prosthetic hand, an Iron Man prosthetic hand, and an Elsa hand inspired by Frozen, all at an affordable cost. I mean, this is really life-changing for a kid. Yeah. Have you guys seen the images uh, at all? In, just in the article. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it was really powerful. Yeah. And it's and they're also donating, I guess, the license uh, for free. So oh, great. to make it totally um, for a good cause, obviously. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, that's, if you're, if you have a, a bad situation or something going on, like to be able to connect with that way. I mean, and, and hey, if Luke Skywalker has this hand or something, I, I, I totally love this, what's going on. And we're also in the future anyways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This should be happening. Yeah. Right? I just think it's a great power of reminding you of that, how much story matters. Yes. That it can just be like, oh, well, I saw Luke or Leia or, or Tally Lintra and I was inspired. I was. But then also <laughs> to just see that, like, uh, people grew up with Empire Strikes Back and thinking, like, I bet there's a way to do that. Yes. I bet there, it's not just uh, slapping the synth skin on it yeah. Yeah. after the fact. It's the idea that that is a thing that would be needed, desirable, and could be done with science. Exactly. Well, I, I mean, con- weird confession. Weird yeah. confession. But when I was a kid, I used to daydream about getting my hand cut off because I wanted a robot hand. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, if, if that's all it takes. It's just a little droid pricks your fingers and did it. <laughs> like, you don't know. But, right. like, and, and what's weird is I, I'm, a, you know, like a lot of people, a fan of Douglas Adams and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, it talks about an electronic device in your hand that connects to a, a, a you know, information superhighway. And look what we have now. Yeah. You never know what be, can can become real from the stuff we're seeing on yeah. screen. My so. iPad has big, friendly letters that say, don't panic. Don't I mean, panic. Right? <laughs> yeah. Don't panic. So amazing. So amazing. Um, well, speaking of superheroes, we could have had actor Christian Bale in a Star Wars film. Bale recently appeared on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast and confirmed <coughs> that he was in talks to appear in the Han Solo film. Quote, yes, I'm, I can't do his accent. I was going to try. Yes, it was very tempting. <laughs> I not only love the films going back to my childhood, but also have a very long relationship with Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall. <laughs> Wait, this is getting No, it's so great. I love it when somebody says, I can't do the accent, but I'll do another. <laughs> I'll do a different version. I'm going to do a different, more dramatic version. Uh, yeah. Because they did Empire of the Sun many years back. There right. was discussion and I hope there will be future discussions. Mm. So he seems very interested, much more interested than I f- would think that he would be. Um, so the question is, what kind of Star Wars character do we envision him playing? Well, first of all, the reason you don't think, because he's a cantankerous 
angry fellow. So right. you're not you don't think like he likes Star Wars, but he 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 says his kids love Star Wars, and yes. he talks about how his daughter loves Darth Maul. So that's why I think this will happen because mm. a lot of actors uh, go into this because their kids want them to. Being Star Wars, yeah. yeah. As far as a character, I only go one direction. Which way? Do yeah, you think you're I see him playing a Jedi. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, mostly yeah. so I can see him a, a nice meta joke where he moves some lights with his hands <laughs> to call back to his angry fit that he had during the Terminator movie, yeah. oh yelling gosh. at someone to move the lights. Oh, oh my god, gosh, oh, that's so good, <laughs> Mickey. <laughs> That was yeah. really bad. Uh, I, I wrote on that. the the riff track for that Terminator movie, and I think there were like eight <laughs> writers on that. So they're like, "All right, uh, everybody wrote two move the lights bits. So let's all go back and revise <laughs> that." Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm in that spot too, where you just because of of you know. His Patrick Bateman version of himself or his machinist version is different, but like I think you go to the scruffy bearded, older, kind of angrier version, and that would be uh, a good Jedi, maybe a Sith. I don't know, Jennifer. What do you think? I'm going Sith 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I I mean, I I guess what what caught my eye was imagining him with Lord and Miller. Like, how would that have worked? Oh, that wouldn't have worked. I think think that's actually a big reason why maybe it didn't happen. You know, he was like, "Eh, no, this is not going to work. The Lego movie guys no <laughs> no yeah so i would love to see him go full mm. bad yeah uh, although i am I'm, I'm happy it worked out the way this way and that he gets in maybe another movie because yes. i'm actually looking forward to woody in this movie i think it's a perfect fit for him yeah me yeah too. agreed me too well speaking of the han solo film let's steer this conversation into another direction Acid wash jeans. <laughs> On New Year's Day, director Ron Howard tweeted a Happy New Year message along with a photo of a person's arms holding a steering wheel. Noticeably, the person who we think is Alden Ehrenreich as Han Solo is wearing leather gloves and acid wash jeans. So, first of all, is this person driving or flying? Have we determined that? We're going to assume driving, right? Flying? Yeah. Like, flyvering? Like a, like flyvering? a speeder. Yeah, I think like it's a speeder. Yeah. yeah, okay. Like Professor Frank on The Simpsons. He's flyvering. Flyvering. <laughs> flyvering. So, okay, what what did you guys think of this costume? I'm sorry. That, that to me, really <laughs> stuck out like a sore thumb. The, Those jeans. The gloves the look jeans? great. And then I was like, yes. what is going on with your, like, acid space look, wash yes. pants? As someone yeah. who in 1989 had acid wash jeans with pleats in the front, I'm all for what's <laughs> about to happen in this movie. It took me out of the moment. I got excited, and then I was like, it Took me out of the eighties. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I want to think that's a rehearsal, and that's just the pants that <laughs> that he was wearing. <laughs> yeah, that he was wearing. But the gloves the did gloves match up are to spot on. Yeah, you hope so. Has yes. anyone examined the wrists to see if that is the appropriate amount of hair to match <laughs> Alden Ehrenreich? No, no. <laughs> I do some not. hair matchup. I'll have to do that. I'm sure that. someone has or will be doing it now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Were you guys excited when you saw that uh, image? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but not 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 excited. Just like get on with this, right? The uh, the yeah. thing that excited me is the image of racing, yeah. because I think right. since that's been such a big part of uh, Han's character in Bloodline for how he filled a oh, ton yeah. of his life, oh, yeah. that he's into racing, that. and that's a good place for him to start. I want right. to see Han Solo do some racing. Good tribute to George Lucas and his love of racing too. Absolutely. Oh yeah, Fast and the Furious. So. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. (laughs) This might be what Star Wars composer John Williams is saying now that he is back to write a theme for the upcoming Han Solo film. Composer John Powell will still write the musical score for Solo, a Star Wars story, but John Williams will grace the production with a special theme for Han Solo. 
why do you guys think that this happened? Do you think that they just wanted his his magic and were like, just just one song, John, please? <laughs> I mean, rampant speculation time. Because yeah. William's statement, I kind of read after I heard the news story, and I discussed it on Movie Talk uh, on Collider, and it was like, ah, oh, hey, John wants to do it? Let John do it. If Paul McCartney wants to lay down a bass on your track, you do it. <laughs> right. But his statement which kind of come out after, made me think that he was like, ah, you know, whatever they want me to do. John's still doing, he's going to do a great job. I'll do whatever they want. So it seems like they asked him. Yeah. And he said that there's that quote about, I'm going to offer them something, whatever they want, if they want to use it. If they don't, great. Right. Two words. Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Um. I think he was like, can we get a Han theme? (laughs) Right, because there's not an iconic Han theme, right? Right. No. There's Han and Leia. There's... Uh, you know, that track's great for Force Awakens, a lot of stuff. But yeah, and I think this is a complete the collection type of thing, Jennifer. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I like that. I like that. I, I don't know. When at first I was like, hmm, they, they need that little bit of magic to make yeah. this extra special. There's a lot writing on this film. Yeah. yeah. A lot of talk. A yeah. lot of pressure. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that more, uh, so I won't go rambling about that. I think this is generational. I think it's mm-hmm. like Lawrence Kasdan is writing this. With his son, mm. I think John Williams is uh, getting to a certain age where he's he he keeps surprising himself and he keeps going like <laughs> I didn't even think I was going to do that next movie. Right. So I think this is like why not have a little bit more of that uh, energy and panache of the original generation of Star Wars because it is being handed off. Mm. Right? Yeah. Well yeah. said. Well, on the topic of magic makers, thanks to the new book, The Art of the Last Jedi, we have learned that The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi were indeed inspired by George Lucas's original treatment for Episode 7. In George's treatment, Luke Skywalker, The Last Jedi, exiles himself to a faraway planet, disillusioned with the Jedi path before Kira, who we now know as Rey, convinces him to open his mind and save his friends. Also in George's treatment was Ben Solo's fall to the dark side. Pablo Hidalgo said on Twitter that the original idea of episode seven actually starts midway through what we now know as episode eight. So the point is, George's ideas are present in this sequel trilogy. So contrary to popular belief, these new films are in some way Lucas's vision. Mm-hmm. How do you guys... I wonder, <laughs> I wonder what George thinks about that. Yeah. But... Uh, I I have the book and I read and and I love some of this connection. It was going back to like 2013, right? And Doug Chang was showing Doug Chang was showing um, people like because he worked on the prequels. He's like, I know what George likes, and they showed yeah. him some stuff and got the stamp of approval from George. Right. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So are there are no more details in the book than this, right? There's this no more, it, right? No. no more. You get the sense that. Because uh, what, what sale went through what October 2012, so this is 2013. Mm-hmm. Seems like he was involved or at least some level, and then at some point, maybe after the Arndt departure, everything it it, yeah. just, it changed oh, dramatically. And I it, I'm intrigued by what we have in the middle of eight, and maybe a little bit more with the fall of Ben. Like that that'd yeah. be interesting. I still want to see George's full vision somewhere yes. in a vault. I'd like to yeah. read it. Not that I think it's better, but. This is making me start to think that the treatments are really paragraphs each. That there's <laughs> right. not a holy mm-hmm. grail. That maybe the first movie has a larger treatment. Yeah. And then these are very short ideas of the vast big picture. And I'm, th- I'm, this is borderline hashtag speculate responsibly. Yes. This is wild speculation. I think maybe the real breakdown uh, where Lucas is just like, I'm done, mm-hmm. is the execution. I think yeah. there was a strong decision to say we want to have images and sounds and everything in The Force Awakens that really evoke the classic trilogy. Right. Uh-huh. And Lucas is like, that's fine. You're going to still tell the basic story, mm-hmm. but I don't want it told that way, so I'm out. 
Yeah. Yep. I think you're right because the concept art that they showed, at least that I saw, I haven't seen the full book, was very prequely, wouldn't you mm-hmm. say, Ken? From mm-hmm. like the that bell. Yes. Uh, temple, temple on Octo. Ooh. It looked straight out of what you would see in the prequels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it kind of surprised me. I was like, oh no, I like the direction that they that they took it in. I, um, I, I did. I like, see, I hadn't thought of it in those terms, Joseph, that they were like, great, pick it up. Yeah, Luke's on exile. This girl's found him, wants him to train me and then go for that's join, huge join that the Lucas fight. had that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And Lucas, and it's in there that Lucas set wanted Luke to turn away from the Jedi Order, or at least one point did. So all that's right. there. But it, it is interesting that maybe Disney was like, ah, but no, let's put this Starkiller. Ba- maybe that's mm. where the breakdown. We might never know Chris, till Chris Taylor writes that book. <laughs> but um, that's yeah. interesting to me. But, but yeah, Jennifer, to your point, yeah, very prequel-like. Yeah. Because it's, yeah. it's George. You know? It's George. Yeah, right. The most exciting thing to me about this is if Lucas was totally his idea that there that uh, Han and Leia's son betrays Luke. Luke is in exile. Luke has to be brought back by a new young hero. That means like the big sweeping moments of this were Lucas's idea, which makes me really excited for, well, knowing Lucas as, as well as we do, what does that mean for episode nine? Mm. What, were, mm. what is his big idea in his mind finishing the entire nine movie saga? What is that? And that makes me think that we're going to see a resurgent Jedi order mm-hmm. that is really nomadic and hippie like because i think that's george's ultimate vision is the perfect future is where good people do good things but they're loosely organized like the early days of lucasfilm (laughs) (laughs) before it became corrupted in his mind Mm. so i think we're gonna see it's like uh, the hippie nomad vision of see that the jedi finally getting getting their uh, organizational skills Mm. In, in good shape. I like it. Move Bring Jeff rocks. Bridges on. Yep. <laughs> Jeff Bridges. <laughs> Can you imagine? The hippie Jedi. Hippie Jedi, man. Oh, that'd be great. Oh, my god. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so now for a look at Obi-Wan Beardwash 2018. <laughs> it all started when a fitness trainer posted a photo of himself doing Kenpo training with Ewan McGregor, who was sporting a beard. McGregor then appeared at the Golden Globes last Sunday, where he won Best Actor in a limited series, and Talk to reporters about returning to the Star Wars universe. I'm not going to do this accent. Quote, there's a lot of talk, and I'd be happy to play him again, but I don't know anything more than you do. I'd be happy to play him again. There is no plan. I love the new one. I saw it over Christmas. It was really, really beautiful. End quote. So, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. honestly, you guys. I'm bursting. I'm bursting. Yeah. When I saw that that photo of him training, I'm like, holy crap, they are doing the Obi- <laughs> he, I mean, how can we deny that beard? You know, as I just today, at the time of our recording, this is released a day after recording, was uh, forced, I'll put quotations, tough job, forced to do a news speculation video at work uh, with Harlop about this beard. And we did, we approached it very sarcastically because uh, here we're going to break down the spirit. But I can't deny that that is a Revenge of the Sith Obi-Wan Kenobi face. Exactly. Yes, it you is. You can't yes. deny it. And now, granted, it's just his face and that's what his facial hair does. But, you know, you could tr- you trim <laughs> not beards. always. Yeah. yeah, you trim beards. The man goes know? on year-long motorcycle adventures. Yes. He's not yes. just like, Because oh, there's also so the haircut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a lot there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, and here's the thing. Oh, I'm, am I cutting you off? No, no, no. I, 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 was gonna, before, I knew you I was going to say, now let's speculate responsibly. But <laughs> go oh, crazy. I'm, I'm going to be so irresponsible about this. Do it. Okay. Uh, because okay. I'm so, I'm so, oh, I'm so about you this. Obi-Wan. You want this, So, <laughs> I do. I want it so bad. I will go to the <laughs> darkish side. Um, what, what can he possibly say? He has, if the right. movie is happening, 
he has no other option than to bald-faced lie, right? Because right? if he even says, well, we'll see, uh-uh. then, right, then it explodes and it destroys any plan that Lucasfilm has for their right. decision-making in their, their rollout. Please, everybody, if you're as excited about Obi-Wan Kenobi as me and you like Ewan McGregor, go watch the actual interview. Oh. Don't read the words because this is what he says. Uh, he says, oh, that, uh, yeah, it's, uh, that's just talk. There's no... Uh, Plan. I really like the new one. I saw it. Oh it was really, really beautiful. That is the tone. Oh, my God. There's no uh, yeah. plan. Let me change the subject real quick. The yeah, new yeah. one was real, real good. And then, and then to just fire my mm. imagination even more, he starts talking about how he doesn't have anything going on right now. And it's because he's been working so hard. And he starts listing all the projects he's done. So again, very believable. It could be that there's no Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Right. But this interview is basically lying 101 yeah, yeah. and then a lot of deflection about how busy he's been so he's not doing anything right now. Right. Oh, my gosh. Right. I mean, look, here's, here's what I'll say. Uh, it's early production-wise, right. even pre-production-wise. It would be early. Now, I, I believe, I will say this here, I believe there's a script in place. It's a whole other conversation. I believe all that's going on. We know for a fact. I mean, look at the, the art of the Star Wars book. If anyone thinks Ryan Johnson watched The Force Awakens and said, ha here's what I'm going to do, the script the, yeah. was in works 2014. Right. Uh, 2013, they're doing pre-production on the last, what would become The Last Jedi. So all this stuff's in place. It would just be weird unless they were like, can you look like, Ob- can you make your face like Obi-Wan? We take some pictures or something. I don't know. Yes, you know exactly. what I mean? But I still think this is a year early, mm-hmm. maybe six months early. But we also got episode nine starts filming in a few months, right? Because of the, the yeah. now delay, so it's weird. But if something's in place, it's already in place. And yeah, you're right. What yeah. else is he gonna say? Yeah, it could be. It could be nothing. It could the movie oh, yeah. could be totally shelved. We'll talk about it a little bit more. But if you imagine that it is happening, it's really fun to watch the interview. Imagining that he has to lie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, because because again, the moment I saw that training picture, I was like, "Oh come on!" Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's it's too it's funny that it's just so it's so <laughs> Revenge of the Sith Obi Wan. <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, "Wait, when was this picture taken?" Like, <laughs> yeah, I really yeah. had to check. The yeah, movie. I mean, the only yeah. way it could be more is like there's actually a lightsaber hanging <laughs> from his belt when he accepts his golden gloves. Like, what? What are you guys making uh, such a big deal about? I just wear a lightsaber now. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, that does it for the news. Outstanding, a lot of such things. Great and news. You know oh what? That gosh. that Han Solo trailer is probably coming at some point soon yes. because of our recording schedule. I think we'll be fine for this one unless it breaks in the morning, which has had, has happened to us. Yes. Uh, but we will. Have have a Force Center reacts if the trailer drops for Solo and we are between recording sessions we'll come up with some so we can react with you guys it's important that Solo film a lot of pressure on it will lead us leads us to our main topic today Joseph and Jennifer should we be worried about the future of Star Wars that seems like a silly question to ask and maybe the answer is simple but you cannot deny that though The Last Jedi was very successful at the box office, which is not a surprise to anyone, it definitely, you know, sparked some conversation. It definitely created a, a bit of a passionate discourse in the yeah. Star Wars fandom. And that leads to questions. And then you have Solo, a Star Wars story coming out already with a little bit of questions going into it with the director change. Can a, a new younger actor pull off such an iconic role? What do we have? And if this doesn't work per se, 
what is the future of the Star Wars movie franchise? So let's dive in, Joseph. We have, we have as, as we would, you would expect of us here at Force Center, we have uh, you know, thoughtful different takes and also, you know, maybe a little panic if so it doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, uh, I think the, to our main question is, I think Star Wars, even if it has a bumpy future, right. it's fine. Like yeah. it, I think it is going to survive. It's not like this. There, I I don't. I know some people feel very strongly about the Last Jedi, and I think there are a lot of people who who express that uh, in a really great, legitimate way. Obviously, mm-hmm. there are people out there who have they just like they've ruined Star Wars. Right. I think Star Wars. It takes a lot to ruin Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's pretty safe. I have been trying to think with uh, both the Last Jedi and Solo coming out, mm-hmm. and even if Solo is like. Maybe the movie's great, but Alden Ehrenreich is not great as Han Solo, which is some people's fears. Right. I've been trying to think of, like, Star Wars as a a pizza because... I'm there. Yeah, right? (laughs) And who isn't? Almost everyone likes pizza. There are very few people who are just like, I hate pizza. You know, I know vegans who can't eat tomato sauce are like, I love pizza. Right. Because it's just such a large concept. So I think that's the way that billions of people love Star Wars. But if you just go to a pizza party every week... Mm-hmm. there are going to be toppings you don't like, and there's going to be stuff like you have to eat around. Mm. And I think that, you know, a pizza with, uh, with pineapple, somebody's going to say, I don't like pineapple pizza. They'd they're be, not going to say... They'd be silly, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be wrong in your yeah. mind, Ken. Yeah, yeah. But they're not going to say, like, I think pizza is over <laughs> as a food in America because, right. you know, I, the last three pizzas I had had pineapple on them. I yeah. guess that's just what pizza is now. Like, no, it's, you know, you know, eat around the Rath Tars is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> eat around, <laughs> eat around the Rath Tars. Oh There's our next t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're talking about nothing can hurt Star Wars. Jennifer, let's not forget. We are prequelists here, but the prequels did do some damage at some point. It did damper the hopes of some fans, but yet we kept coming back up until Sith. So even if, let's say, Solo doesn't work and The Last Jedi, the debate rages on, like Joseph said, with each new movie or each new project, hope springs eternal, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that there's so many different ways to enjoy Star Wars now, not mm. only the streaming service coming out where I'm sure we'll get a new TV show, but also Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars Land. That's going to really... I think, get people excited. Right. I, I think, yeah, we just kind of have to come to terms with the fact that we may not love every movie. Or as Joseph, you've said, like, you find things that you like about the movie and maybe maybe it's not your ultimate favorite. That's okay. Yeah. There's going to be another one. And right. that's the beauty of this new era is that it's not like we're going to have to wait another, you know, yeah. 30 years or something. Yeah, it's weird because episode nine, a year and a half later, it seems like forever now. Yeah, <laughs> we did, right? Know. We had an so infinite painful. waiting. What, Joseph, what, there, there has to, ma- not has to, there could be an impact coming out of The Last Jedi. Does yeah. The Last Jedi and what it raised, this, this debate, you cannot deny, even though I love it, you love it, Jennifer loves it, we cannot deny that this didn't connect with all people and it did raise some questions. And it was the first time that I felt in the new era... Force Awakens, Rogue One, Rebels, anything like that, the comics, that people seem generally hurt by Star And we started hearing the conversations we'd heard with the prequels. We heard a little of it with Mm -hmm. Force Awakens and Rogue One, but this is new. Does that impact anything going forward for you as a fan, for them as a company? I don't... I I think the impact of Last Jedi is more creative of Mm -hmm. what what choices... uh, How how much does it open up um, Lucasfilm to be more interested in creative... 
choices, right. super creative choices. But I, I think to me, like uh, Chris Taylor, uh, who we yeah. mentioned almost every episode, yep. did a great uh, Twitter thread breakdown of how mm-hmm. most of the best scientific polls say at at worst, 75 to 90% of people liked or loved it. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think mathematically, we are probably dealing with a passionate but vocal minority, yes. which right. is not to dismiss that at all. No, no. I think the real financial question becomes, if you're in the 10% or are just like, I really didn't like this movie for whatever myriad reasons, yeah. do you stop eating the Star Wars pizza entirely? Right. Do you just go like, I dislike that movie so much, I'm not going to go to Galaxy's Edge, to your point, Jennifer. I think mm-hmm. if there's like a drop-off in 10%, I yeah. think that's the only way it starts to make a difference financially. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I get, I get what you're saying there. Where it's like, I don't think, and I don't think the Last Jedi did that. That's what the numbers are. We're saying the the box office. What Chris Taylor's saying. What other people are saying is that I think that it's like, what's next? And I think people will still be saying, what's next? And I don't think we're gonna have. I mean, Marvel's ten years into their big MCU, and there's no drop off. Is Star Wars gonna catch up? To, I mean, those are some big numbers from the MCU. Yeah, I, you know, but Star Wars. It just this is it's generational. This this was Jennifer a reach to the new generation. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. Is that the the way that this will continue moving forward is not just us hardcore fans. It's you know my parents who went to go see it. My mom went to go see the Last Jedi. I was really surprised right. that she went like you know the second week after it came out. It's the kids that are you know loving Ray and loving these new characters. And mm-hmm. now there's the Lego Star Wars, which my daughter has now become a fan of. <laughs> and there's the Forces of Destiny. There's all these entry points, and they're gonna they're gonna continue to enjoy it. And if, if as an adult, you're like, eh, I'm not so into Star Wars anymore, but your kid wants to go, well, guess what? You're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And it lives on. It lives on. It, and, and what you're talking about, Joseph, the, the, the creative side of it. Yeah. So could the impact, uh, you know, we t- talk about Ryan Johnson at Carte Blanche from all accounts, including Ryan's account. Yeah. I turned in a script. They said, go shoot it. Um, does that change going forward? Does that is is that the impact of Last Jedi? The Lucasfilm mm. goes, ooh, uh, we, Mark Hamill seemed to be unhappy. Which, by the way, in the end, he wasn't as unhappy as your, the quotes would make you believe that are being taken not out of context, but just pulled out and thrown up against a wall. Yeah. Um, mm. Is is would would Lucasfilm say we got to rein it in a little bit more? Not take not take as many chances because that could affect Star Wars going forward. If yeah, Ryan Johnson, we're still going to give you the trilogy. We need it now to check some boxes for us because that's one of the things we loved about Last Jedi was it was kind of out there, which yeah. is good, which mm-hmm. is what everyone wanted after the Force Awakens. Is that the impact? Do you think that's where Lucasfilm sits down and goes, "Ooh, nah, I think they feel validated." Yeah, uh, because I think it did do good numbers. I think, um, you know, there's the old, there, you know, there's no such thing as bad press, which is wrong. There's yeah. bad press. <laughs> but it, it does seem like all of the debate right. and all the people who legitimately dislike it, it hasn't hurt the film financially. Right, right, right. The right, film right. is exactly on track financially for what was expected of it. So you combine that with the fact that previously Lucasfilm was being criticized for not taking enough risks. Mm-hmm. Right. It feels to me like they're like, hey, this worked out. We find directors, creators that we have a relationship with and we let them play in this sandbox. And the worst that happens is it creates really passionate conversations. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I do. I, actually, I think that maybe this might make them want to do the Obi-Wan film even more. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh, really? we, know, we know the fans want this. Let's just give them that. No, uh, but I, I do think... 
I don't want to say, I think that they're going to let Ryan Johnson's trilogy be something totally new because I think that's part of the problem is that people had yeah. so many expectations, but I can't just say it's these characters. It's not just about Luke Skywalker. People had expectations about a character that they just found out about Snoke, right. you know, from just this, a couple of years ago. So you're never going to please everyone, but you no, got, yeah. but, but you got to tell a good story. And that's why people are going to want to go back over and over again. So yeah. they have to continue taking chances. And, and you're right, Joseph. I think they feel that they did tell a good story. Mm-hmm. I think they, they bought in, clearly, because they sat down to Ryan. And what else do you want to do? Yeah, you know, let's go to another part of the galaxy. Sold. <laughs> Three pictures. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, which I'm still excited for. I'm even more excited for because it's Ryan Johnson Unchained in the Star yeah. Wars universe there. Um, the, the bigger picture of canon comes up a lot. Where we in 2014 learned, all right, the EU is done. We got nothing going on uh, there. None of that counts. All right, Chewie's still alive, clearly. And we all can agree that there was good reason to do that. But then there was this promise up top of new comics, new books, new games. And it's all canon. It's canon. It's canon. And it matters. And there's been little instances where it seems like, it matters, but it's just not a focus, which is okay. You know, Rogue One had more tie-ins, but now we have, like, the second half of Rebels coming out, or the second half of the fourth and final season. And The Last Jedi, in a lot of people's mind, didn't connect as much, or there's not as much connection from the comics to the books to the big screen. Right. So do you think... Where do you come down on that first? Hmm. Uh, where we are right now with new canon in the big screen? Hmm. Uh, is, is it connecting enough for you, Jennifer? I think so. Because you have an interesting perspective because you don't have the time, quite frankly, yeah, right. to read as much as Joseph and I do. Because no. you decided to bring a child <laughs> in this world and do the responsible thing to raise it right. And Joseph and I are like, I'm going to have a frozen pizza and play Battlefront. But... <laughs> Well, I was watching Lego Star Wars with, with my daughter uh, yeah. the other night, and my husband was asking about, about the whole can- canonicity of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, yeah, no, it doesn't really... I mean, I can't imagine seeing those characters on screen, right? But with, with the Rebels characters, it's something totally... Di- it's pretty right. amazing how they've been able to take these, or the Clone Wars, animated characters and put them in the films. That's, that's pretty incre- incredible what they've done so far. Mm-hmm. With The Last Jedi... I don't, I don't know where they're going to connect those dots. Porgs? Can we Porgs. see some Porgs? <laughs> and Rebels? Absolutely. I don't know. Why not? Why not? Or the Volptuses? 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 Yeah. The creatures? Maybe that's a way to connect <clears throat> it. The critter, crystal critters? You know, I, I think I just want my, I want my old and my new. I want mm-hmm. uh, Star Wars movies that have real connection to the past, like I think Han Solo is going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, I really like that Rogue One did. I yeah. It's great to, like, have an opportunity to see Vader at full power. Great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ponda Baba, great. Uh, there, yeah. There's Chopper the Murder Bot, great. I love it all. Oh, you, you pulled Saw Gerrera from the Clone Wars? Great. And then I like that also, that Last Jedi was just like, what's over there? Yeah. Uh, well, still, I think The Last Jedi ultimately really reaffirms a yeah. lot of the traditions of Star Wars myself. But I like both. I want the old and the new. And if yeah. sometimes they're separated into films, one is old and like drenched in, in this modern canon. Right. And one is just new of like, let's make lots of canon that then other books and comics and yeah. shows can connect to. Exactly. And Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like I want my efforts to pay off. You know what I mean? Yes. I've read Ray Sloan three times in a book, in a comic. I'd like her to be at least mentioned on the big screen. I, I can get, but but to to base my enjoyment of a movie on that, I'm releasing that more than I thought in 2015. 
2015, I was all about needing it to tie in and everything. Uh, and we're going to discuss Phasma next week on the big show, yeah. right? And we're going to talk about the small characters in Star Wars and some of the importance of that. But uh, I just, I just wonder. You know, if if going forward, you're going to see more of that, less of that. I don't know. I don't know if they they care up top. I know maybe the story group does, but they don't have those kind of decision making powers. And and again, Jennifer, you you're not as connected to it as us. We'll fill you on some stuff, or you read some things here and there. And it wasn't like you you know Holdo was any less important to you because you didn't know she was a teenage friend of Leia, you know? But like, I did. I actually you, you read did, that was the but... only one. And that's what I was going to say was that that was the only one that I did read. And I'm glad that I read that one. Yeah. But you guys got that Phasma moment, which I'm sure we'll talk about next week. Yeah. With the whole helmet thing that Hux I did not get. Hux is enriched by the Phasma book. See, yeah. that's exactly The, thing. the yeah. kind of uh, backstabby nature of the entire First Order is enriched by that. That Legends of Luke Skywalker book had some enriched exactly. moments. Fishing and just right. what Luke's journey. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the right. new, some of the new issues of uh, the, Marvel mainline at ja- uh, Ashes of Jetta run. Yeah. Have Luke learning some stuff early on because this is before Empire but after New Hope. And there's some lines in the issue 41, I believe, where he's like, I don't know if I want to be a Jedi. Oh, wow. About some stuff there. Mm. And it's he's talking to one of the uh, kind of Church of the Force folks that are left on Jetta. It's, and it's interesting to read it. And it's probably after the fact and everything, but I know there's no big, you know, tapestry that's on a wall somewhere they're like this must connect with this they kind of let these guys create the big screen stuff right. and then connect after the fact and that's why these lot of lot of books are written after the fact um i just i just it's an interesting because star wars it's important to star wars the big yeah. giant world's important to star wars and we mentioned rebels like rebels is is important because it's running up to the events of rogue one and new hope and I think there's an expectation that we want some answers or clarification or some connections. We might not get that. Yeah. And I don't know if that affects a core fan base going forward. Mm. I think, yeah, I think it, I think it might. I think it's a balancing act to say, hey, invest in this stuff, and sometimes it's going to pay off in the big screen, sometimes it isn't. How would you feel, Ken, about retroactive uh, making The Last Jedi more relevant by tying it in? Like, I think there is... I. <clears throat> I don't think this is going to happen. This is not a prediction. This is a, mm-hmm. I would think it was cool. Yeah. Kanan and Ezra are going somewhere, having something to do with the force. And it's either in the right. grave or it's to some sort of mystical place. Right. Uh, which makes me interested in Octu or the prime Jedi or, mm. you know, they've already had relations. Oh, that's that, Snoke. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> that's been uh, debunked already. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, that prime Jedi that's on the floor there of, oh, right. of uh, Luke's. The temple there, but there, yeah. there was so much Jedi philosophy in the Last Jedi. I think there's room for the end of Ezra and Kanan's journey to somehow be reflective of something in the Last Jedi mm-hmm. with the Force. Would that make you more excited than you when you rewatch the Last Jedi and feel like it was uh, uh, servicing you in yeah. the same way that Rogue One well, did? Well, mm. in, in in the way that Rebel Rising did. Yeah. Where after reading that, I wanted to go immediately go watch Rogue One because there's so many so much stuff there and it adds some layers. Should it have to? You know, that's uh, that's what you hear all the time. Should I have to? read these books no you shouldn't have to and i think last jedi was an example of you didn't have to right it doesn't you know luke fishing you don't need to know that that pole was on (laughs) luel you know yeah you don't need to know that you just you know he's fishing and drinking green milk so i i would i'd be totally fine with it but i i guess i have to teach myself and maybe some of us do that canon junkies like it, there might not be a connection. This just might be what it is. Yeah, mm. you know? I got that little. Uh, is it dopamine? Is that even the right? The right? The Sounds right. Drug? right. Uh, I'm reading the Canto Bite book. I'm only two stories oh, okay. in. It's oh. good. Uh, but 
there's some characters in one of the stories that are also in the visual dictionary. Mm-hmm. And suddenly I was more interested. Yeah. It's so weird how canon works. I'm like, oh, I know the Grammys sisters. I saw them in the visual dictionary. Right. Now I'm even more interested to in <laughs> read about these weird performance artists. Right, right. Canon's crazy. Canon's crazy. Hmm. Which, uh, look forward to some new <laughs> data bank brawls coming out. Oh, yes. The Canto Biden years. Uh, 2020. All right. So we know up till 2019, Jennifer. We know. We got this solo picture. Yeah. We got episode nine with JJ. And we got after that the great unknown. We got Ryan Johnson and some timetable not yet determined on his three movies. I imagine, since he's just now writing it, I mean, we're talking napkin notes, like getting there. Yeah. It might be 2022, you yes. know? Even yeah. if they shoot at the same time and it's back to back to back three years, which I actually would like, 2020 is the next big, big mm-hmm. thing. We're talking about Obi-Wan. We're talking about Jabba. With uh, Guillermo del Toro. He's oh, a Golden Globe winning director now, right? <laughs> oh, Shape of Water man. was great. Yes. Uh, reminded me of Splash, but in a good way, and I love Splash. Um, <laughs> you know, I can uh, see that. I can see that. Uh, I got yeah. to have a movie night now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'd love a Job Underworld movie. Yeah, I would. But do you think Solo? Solo. Do you think there's this much pressure on this movie now? And that might be why announcements aren't forthcoming, because Kathleen herself said we'll have announcements midsummer. That's long gone. Right, right. I mean, are they waiting to see how Solo does and how it's received? I don't know. I think it's Obi-Wan. I'm going to say... You think they're, they're going for it? They are going for it. Yeah, because it's it's the perfect way to kind of... I don't want to say finish this finish this cycle, but kind of finish this cycle. It, it would be, yeah. On a high note. And fans yeah. want it more than life itself. Um, <laughs> Ewan McGregor is perfect. He's ready to go. Right. Give us what we want. Do you do you think, Joseph, did they make a mistake going with Rogue One first? Should Solo have come out first? Mm. Is, was Rogue yeah. One, too, yeah. just like a bunch of nobodies who die? No. You know what? I think the trap of Rogue One ended up being is that it ties into canon so much. Yes. Right. I think... Yeah, I think having Solo come out right after the character of Han Solo died mm-hmm. might have been great. And I think this will be a little bit unmoored from the canon we know. Right. Uh, and I think, yeah, that Rogue One sounds like, great, a total side adventure. And then, yeah. like, no, it's not at all. It's a prequel. It is a prequel. Yeah. I ask because with Solo, and I know, Jennifer, you've expressed this maybe. I, I think I'm excited. I think you're probably the most excited for Solo on I'm this team, Joseph. I'm super excited for Solo. Yeah, and I'm oh. like... Cool, and Jennifer, you've had doubts, but but yeah. like I know a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans and podcasters and media folks who are n- lukewarm on, on Solo, and I wonder too if we were more excited coming out of Force Awakens. I like Rogue One, especially the third act of Rogue One, more than that, and I love the era. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a prequel. Uh, I love the formation of the Rebellion, but it uh, that's why there seems to be sometimes. Yeah, they're going to do a Jabba movie. Duh. Why don't they do just a gonk droid movie? Yeah, Yoda movie. Yeah. Yoda movie. Right. And it's some hardcore fans aren't excited. It, 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 it making any sense here? Should have been done another way? I don't know. I don't know if it's so much the timing for me, although that would have been great if it had come out right after The Force Awakens. But for me, it's just the Han Solo character. Like with Luke, there are so many expectations that we've built right. this up in our mind for all these years. I, it's going to have a hard time living up to that. And, really you know, I mean, I, I don't know Alden Ehrenreich as an actor. I'm sure that he's great. But again, you're going up against Harrison frickin' Ford. Yeah. Like, I, it, it's just such a, a 
a big hill to to climb. And it is tall climb. Whatever. Yeah, it is not Joseph going to be a. It, uh, uh, the best box office success for Star Wars. It's no. going to do well. It's going to do fine. But it has a yeah. lot of competition. Yeah, and it's and I think that's uh, part of it is like Force Awakens blew the doors off of everything, mm-hmm. and so it's easy to write pieces where like, well, Solo really yeah. like no Solo's gonna nobody writes those about MCU. Like yeah, yeah, you know, one movie does better than another, but nobody was out there going Doctor Strange failed. Is right. the MCU in trouble yeah, because it yeah. didn't make Avengers? You know, money. Right. Um, I'm, and that's a good reminder for a lot of people to just, just calm down. Let this be what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This you know? is the level of film it is. Uh, here's, here's my solo thing. I'm, right. I, all I want out of it is one word. Fun. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and I think we're going to, we're going to have a Star Wars meal we haven't had. This is, to continue my abused pizza metaphor, this is pizza with, like, four kinds of yeah. meat on it. Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is the side of Star Wars we haven't spent time with. Smugglers, rogues, scoundrels, they're going to be racing, maybe in acid-washed jeans. It's going to be the summer. It's going to be May 25th. It's going to be, yeah, yeah May the 4th is great, but this is, that's real Star Wars day yeah. in the summer, and then we're going to get to run around and pretend to shoot things with Han Solo in our minds. You're, you're, you're right. You, you actually just really struck a little chord with me because all right, Force Awakens were resetting everything. Yeah, and that was a fun movie, but it had a big task in front of it, and it succeeded. Right, and their right? keyword was delight, delight, which bringing back the feel <laughs> Star Wars, and it did. Then Rogue One, which was a risk, a great idea. John Knoll came up with a great idea, but it's a dark movie, right? Yeah, it, it's a dark movie. Everybody then we go to Last does. Jedi, which is a challenging questions uh, a lot of things, makes you question things. It's layered, has a lot of fun action, but you know causes debate. Solo. In what in weird way maybe this underdog mentality of the movie will will actually help it because we're going to go in ready to get our pitchforks out and we're like well that was kind of fun I'm sure it is I that's what I'm hoping because I'm not going to be one of those people that's like this is not my Han Solo no I'm going to go and just stir, you know strap in for the ride because I think it's going to be a lot of fun and that's all that we need yeah we don't need we don't it's not like Obi Wan where I'm going to expect some sort of level of depth <laughs> you know what I mean yeah Han Solo just this is just a like you're saying a smuggling adventure yeah they confirmed Lando's cape what yeah. do you want oh, you're going to get Lando's cape that's and right. you know Force Awakens Han dies. Uh, Last Jedi, Luke dies. We're worried about Leia because of real world events. Rogue One, everybody dies. <laughs> this one, oh, the bad guy might die. Yeah, yeah. You know? okay. Uh, I don't even know who the bad guy yeah. is. Right, right. Han Solo's an orphan raised by Woody Harrelson, who is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But then Han go. gets to have a real cool life. <laughs> right. Fun. Sounds fun. Good to me. Yeah. I'm so, so excited is that your it. big hope for the summer of Solo? The summer of Solo. Fun. Yeah. To get back to that spirit of fun and that that side of Star Wars. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You're yeah. right. It might just be. Yeah, successful because it's an underdog right now. And it might be, I uh, my rough prediction is Alden Ehrenreich will be great and charming, but he's not going to be Harrison Ford, and that's yeah. going to be the bump of whether or not you can get over that to the rest of the right. movie, which I think will be really fun. And then from there, we're in uncharted territory once we get past nine with this Ryan Johnson trilogy, Jennifer. Yeah. And, and like I said earlier, Ryan Johnson unchained, because he brought a lot of wonderful new things. But even I can admit that, hey, maybe he was handcuffed by what the saga film had to be. Now we can go outside the box. What are your hopes for what Ryan Johnson's going to do with this trilogy? I don't want for him to do Knights of the Old Republic. I think that, again... Not going to happen. No. Not going to happen. No. Too many expectations, all that. I want for him to go to the the Unknown Regions. That Mm -hmm. might be interesting. I, different you know, time period? Yeah. yeah, different time period, new characters. We don't know. Maybe one familiar face. Right. One. 
I want it to be so different and just wild and mm. unexpected, just like The Last Jedi was for me. Right. Uh, but with new characters. Mm. Joseph? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be truly unconnected. I, th- I thought that there was a possibility it would be set in Old Republic time. But that's one thing I could see of like, well, mm. you know what? The uh, fans, that era means a lot to people. There are specific stories that are told. Maybe right. that would be an out, uh, you know, a reaction to Last Jedi of like, let's not kick that apple cart. Uh, right. Uh, but I think it's just going to be... Uh, probably the unknown regions is my guess mm. for setting. So it can just be totally unmoored for everything. Things like in that Legends of Luke Skywalker book where there are different names for the Force even. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the mist the mist in the, was it the wave? The tide. The tide. Yeah. The tide. The wave. Hi. <laughs> I got the Force. Uh, I'm more really interested in what core idea is he interested in? Right. Yes. Because he says, I'm trying to dig into the heart of what makes Star Wars powerful. Yeah. He's not going to repeat himself, so he's not, or, or repeat the original trilogy. So, like, what core idea of Star Wars is he going to be inspired by? Right. Mm. You know, is it going to be about rebellion, or is it going to be just about a new hero's journey? You know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, the idea is it. Yeah, rebellion of that. That's interesting because that's definitely a big part of Star Wars, yeah. right? And it's And it's still going on. The rebellion is reborn this day. I, I would like to see, I, I really would like to see him going to the Force and what it, what the core of the Force means. And I don't necessarily know if that is the Old Republic or you can do it some other way or the Unknown Regions, you can deal with it, like you said, or not even the Unknown Regions, but different parts of the galaxy. Galaxy is so big. Uh, I, uh, but more than anything, I'm just excited because I don't know what to expect. Yeah. Right. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Final thing, we got to talk about an immediate pressing concern for the future <laughs> of Star Wars. Star Wars, Jennifer, switched <sighs> to Christmas time. Yes. With these th- uh, three movies now, it's become a tradition. A tradition, though, that's only gone three years. But, uh, you know, I had someone just today was like, well, all, all previous six movies in May? It's like, yeah, that was Star Wars month. Right. Now right. it's news. Are we still going to be able to celebrate Star Wars in Christmas time? It's going to be weird. What the heck? I mean, that was the whole thing leading up to The Last Jedi. It was like Porgs and the Praetorian Guards and all these characters that we were excited to be introduced to around Christmas time and buying all that merchandise and, right. and clothes. I don't know what's going to happen now. I'm sure I'll still buy a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um, maybe, they'll, maybe they'll have something else up their sleeve, though. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, an announcement of some sort. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Christmas 2018, Joseph, puts us very close to 2019 when that Disney streaming service is coming. Yeah. About. So maybe there are announcements about that. Uh, my big pitch is that they should do a holiday special. <gasps> Since people have become so enamored. Oh yeah. My gosh. Uh, find yeah. some way to actually do it so it is sort of in universe yeah, and is gosh. like, you, you thought it couldn't be done? Watch us. Watch us. Oh, I'd love that. Come Light on down day. to Chalman's. Yeah. We're going to have Christmas at Chalman's. <laughs> a little special on about December 22nd. Yeah. Oh, it'd be beautiful. Oh, be beautiful. my gosh. Beautiful. Well, the future of Star Wars, I think, is still great. That is yeah. our question. That's the answer to our own question here. There are maybe some bumps in the road. There's going to be a change of perspective. I think your pizza analogy, Joseph, is actually <laughs> pretty damn good yeah. oh, because you. sometimes you do have a bad pizza. I had one the other day, yeah. but I'm going to have one again. Of 
course. <laughs> That's just the way it is, because I'm a fan of pizza. And if you guys are a fan of Star Wars, you found the right place. We celebrate it. Yeah, we talk. Occasionally get mad at Chewbacca Mob. But we are definitely <laughs> hopeful <laughs> for the future of Star Wars and hope you guys are, too. And we love hearing from you guys each week with questions from our fans and supporters, Joseph. That's right. We got some great audience questions uh, on Twitter. We got one from Christian Thorpe at Until Valhalla. Yes. Very, very noble Twitter handle. <laughs> uh, Christian says, What is your headcanon for what Obi Wan did with Maul's body on Tatooine? Did he burn him, bury him, or did he live him, leave, uh, have him <laughs> shipped to Bright Tree Village for a banquet in Chirpa's honor? <laughs> that, I like that last yes. one. It's, I mean, that one's. Field. That's, you know, in my comic series, I want to create the rise of Chief Chirpa. I think this would factor in. He demands dead gifts are sent to him. Oh, my gosh. I imagine that they would marinate him uh, Mm. with some sort of, I don't know, like a hot Cheeto kind of flavor because he's already red. Right. You know? Yeah. (laughs) Hot Cheeto crumbs. Uh, And then they'd roast him. And he'd be like kind of charred and delicious. Like Is this your next Lego chicken. video? I'm so hungry. A cooked Darth Maul? I'm so hungry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he probably, there's a fire right there. I, my serious answer is I think he just, yeah. maybe maybe a little bit of ritual, a little bit of respect. Maybe he took him to the spot where he first saw him, where yeah. he saw him fighting, Obi-Wan saw him fighting Qui-Gon. I think, though, and, and Christian is, I think, a, a recent follower of Force I think he tweeted us, was like, hey, just discovered you guys. I think, right? But uh, Christian, this, and I, I favored this tweet because I was like, oh, this is a good thought. That's a good one. I think, though, isn't the answer, I don't want to be one of those, uh, well, actually, in the short story, I think it's in from a certain point of view. Is it? Is it? They oh, talk about yeah, I think you might a be right. higher or something. Yes. Yes. So I think the answer is he burned him. I think you're right. I think I am getting to a point where I read so much, I think so much, sometimes I can't remember what I read and what yes. I just thought of in the shower. Yes. <laughs> but canon can change. Absolutely. And the canon is now he was shipped to Bright Tree Village. <laughs> yes. Or possibly, my other idea is that uh, that Obi-Wan got all of his flesh and organs away and then uh, placed his uh, skeleton to ride a crayon dragon oh, in the desert. Just, yes. just ride it. Ride it into yeah. the sunset, my old friend. <laughs> All right, our next question is from J.J. Singleton, and I want to take a moment. He put this on our Facebook page. Uh, J.J. had some really nice things to say about the show and about Star Wars in general and that he is a recent fan of Star Wars. Uh, J.J. is fighting cancer, and he uh, had a a really lovely uh, bit of prose there on our Facebook page about how much just disappearing into that galaxy far, far away really helps you, and I think that is uh, it was a great reminder of the magic of Star Wars is that it can help you through some some dark times, and I think it's one of the reasons that Star Wars in the big picture is going to be okay. But J.J. asked, if you all each got to pick the next book and author to write it, what would it be and why? Or a comic series. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I think the one I want is going to be, though it's not officially confirmed, it's a Padme book. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I do want that. Right. I think that's needed. Young Padme's life, her rise to the position of power, to the elected Queen of Naboo. I think there's definitely a story to tell there. So as far as something else that um, might still come, the rise of Chief Chirpa, definitely. <laughs> uh, Jen, for me, and I'll let you get the, the backstory, the new canon backstory of General Grievous. I think a comic series oh, might take yeah. care of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh, Jennifer, I, I will blather and give you a second to think about your... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I still love the idea of a Dooku book. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love a ton of the authors who've, who've written my favorite books, like Claudia Gray and uh, Beth Revis with Rebel Rising. Mm-hmm. But uh, I really loved Paul S. Kemp's writing on Lords of the Sith. Yes. And I felt like he has a great handle on making the dark side exciting and not just like doom and gloom and uh, emo. Right. So I would love to see Paul S. Kemp write a Dooku book. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't going to be next, but way down the line, I really want Claudia Gray to write a Leia novel. Uh, that helps us ease into the end of that character. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would be great. How about you, Jennifer? Um, I actually would like to... And then they kind of covered this in Legends of Luke Skywalker, I believe you guys said, with this, the stable kids, mm-hmm. right? The, because yeah, yeah. apparently, according to the Visual Dictionary, those kids were actually abandoned by their parents who had, were lose, losing gamblers. Yeah. What a tragedy. Yeah. But it would make a great story, like a Dickens novel. But with the force. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? I think that that would be really, really fascinating. Yeah. Uh, a young adult novel. Yeah. Course. Jedi expectations. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we always take two questions from our Patreon feed. Uh, our patron, Brian Rohrenbacher, says, As excited as I was to see Porgs, the Volt text ended up being my favorite creature in The Last Jedi. I'm curious if their crystals are sharp, though. Do you think it's possible to cuddle with a Volt text, <laughs> or would it cut you to shreds in an adorable bloody mess. Ugh. Jennifer, I think you are really the authority on this. Yeah, I'm I'm afraid to say it would it would hurt. They, they are very very sharp. Although they could be almost more like plexiglass yeah. where they have the appearance mm. of looking sharp, but in actuality it's more of a dull mm. edge. Mm. Yeah. It's not comfortable. Yeah, look, I I would I'd like to think that from a certain angle the crystals fold down mm. and that it's a nice comforting you can pet them but from another angle it's like don't back up you'll shred your tires. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I think. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think you need to wear a cuddle suit that's specifically <laughs> <Yeah>. designed <laughs> With armor that allows you to cuddle the volt text and oh, makes the volt text happy. But I'll tell you what, yeah, all eyes on the porgs. Volteps, volteps, volt text, excuse me, uh, really came through. They they're did. Super and on cool. Battlefront 2, they're fun. You find one on crate, you can follow it around in a little loop. Do you hear them jingling? Eh, as much because you're busy shooting. But Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Our final question comes from uh, patron Carlo Carino. Uh, what do you think was happening with Hux towards the end of The Last Jedi? He seemed to develop more backbone as Ren was starting to get more unhinged. I can see the threat of getting force slammed all the time, getting less effective <laughs> as a deterrent to his ambitions. So, yeah, what do we think was going on with that Hux dynamic? Was he finding himself in those final moments? That's a great question, Carlo, and a great observation of the Hux character because he's designed, uh, we've talked about the, the opening jokes, what we now know is General Hugs, not Hux. Yeah. Uh, designed to be kind of this empty, incapable villain. And I think he still is, but there's I, I don't see this going well for Ren. I, he's not just going to take over. I think he's a bad boss. He doesn't have admin skills. That's yeah. why Hux was also kind of around. I, I could see that maybe he has a grab for power, Jennifer. Much like we saw him almost shoot him, Hux might see, I'm just going to wait for my opportunity. Yeah, I think that the turning point for him was Snoke's death, and he lost it. And then he composed himself and was like, I'm going to continue on for my master, mm. Snoke, for, for his mm. legacy. So he's pulling himself together. <laughs> Yeah. For the man that he loved. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I think one of the great kind of details of Hux that is not uh, underlined in the movie, but that the whole technological side of the First Order, he's all about that. Yeah. And the Starkiller base technology is, that's him pushing for it. This uh, technology of tracking the ships through hyperspace, right. that was him pushing for it. So, uh, yeah, I think he has found a little bit of a spine. He's realized that Kylo being unhinged makes him vulnerable. Mm. And I think he's trying to build like emotion bombs. Like, I think he's trying to find some sort of technology that yeah. will get to Kylo Ren so he can 
be yeah. on top. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I do think episode nine needs a strong or a stronger Hux. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting dynamic to the yeah. bad guys. Yeah, right. especially if they've been fighting for years. Yes, that's another good point. We may have a war off screen for yeah. a couple of years. Uh, and that is our questions. Yeah, absolutely, guys. A fun episode. We dive deep, have fun, and cuddle crystal critters. We do it all here <laughs> on uh, the Force Center. A lot of new ears uh, to the show. We appreciate you joining the train here. Hope you enjoy it. You can follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Our Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We do have merch available on tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. We have that Ewok shirt, I Heart Murder Bears. It's flying off the shelves. This podcast is available on Podomatic, Podomatic Mobile, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Spotify, thanks to the fine folks at Podomatic as well. And Joseph, good news, we reached a goal on Patreon. That's right. We uh, just recently, as we were recording this, cleared our $700 goal, so we are going to do audio commentary of a Star Wars movie that's going to be available to our patrons uh, on Patreon. We're going to put up a poll so you guys can help us decide which movie we should do audio commentary for. And, of course, we always have another goal, so our next goal is at $750, and that is to have have more uh, unique theme music for one of our shows here on the Force Center podcast feed, so you can check out all of that at patreon.com slash Force Center. Absolutely. Jennifer, we talked about your YouTube channel earlier. Where can they find you? You can find me on all the social media sites at Jennifer Landa. Check out the Lego channel at youtube.com slash Lego, where the DIY crate diorama is up. And I'm also doing Star Wars style posts on my blog at JennyLanda.com. Outstanding, Joseph. You had a great New Year's show. People can find out where you're uh, having wonderful shows in the future. Yeah, yeah. You can find me on social media. Twitter and Instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, and check out the live shows page. You can check out the blog page. Check out my Bo Dameron feelings. Uh, But in particular, coming up this weekend, uh, January 13th, I have a live version of my uh, podcast, Obsessed, that's going to be at the San Francisco Sketch Fest. So if you live in San Francisco, if you know people... Please do check that out. That's January 13th, and it is a, a podcast all about being obsessed with cats and dogs. So it will be great fun. <laughs> Outstanding. You can follow me at Cat Napsuck. I have my podcast, The Napsuck Files, with a brand new show. It's a limited run series called Hot Sizzler Nights. Oh my God. Check it out. I take great. a guest to Sizzler for an all you can eat salad bar, and we talk about our experiences. You can also find my Game of Thrones show, Daily Thrones, on Anchor. It's a daily podcast. That's it for this week, guys. We'll see you next week. Bring your phasma helmets. We're going to talk about Chrome Dome. See ya. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.